On this week's podcast, we get to talk to Brandon Lark, and I met him in Clubhouse. He's an entrepreneur who's well-versed in the business development and social branding space. After co-founding Extraordinary Concierge, a corporate and personal lifestyle management company used by entertainers and sports team, Brandon started handling personal branding, freelance, for businesses and television personalities. And he is just a wealth of knowledge. You're gonna love listening to this. But before we do, I need to tell you about Ray's Marketing Essentials moment of the week. Our essentials, it's what we need to be able to survive in our marketing journey. So uh, let's talk about some things that are just basic needs that you need to understand if you haven't already mastered or marketed or incorporate it into your strategy and plan and tactics that you take. So a couple of things that came up this week that we talked about, and I just wanted to share with you because I think this is something that you can tactically use in your business uh, or in your brand, whatever uh, it is that you are utilizing, if it's nonprofit or if it's your personal brand, whatever the case might be. So the idea is if you post something inside of LinkedIn that has value, that you're going to give uh, away as value that people can use in their business, for example, or in their you know industry or whatever it is that you're going to share, instead of repurposing that and posting that as a blog on your website or uh, anywhere else, drive traffic to that LinkedIn post that you've created. You can copy the link and post right in there and drive everyone to that. Like maybe if you have an email newsletter that you're sending out, say, you know what? Uh, I posted this link uh, or I posted this information in LinkedIn. Go check it out and then just drop the link to that. And you're going to now cross promote and you're going to drive traffic to your LinkedIn connection. And then similarly in the LinkedIn post, you can, in the comments, drop a link back to your website. So then it's kind of got like a two-step thing that they can go through to get more information, right? And then people who comment on your LinkedIn post, if they, you know, are asking questions or they're engaging, you can respond to them and say, Hey, would you like to learn more information about this topic? Or, you know, are you experiencing this problem? Well, we can help you solve this problem or whatever it is that you want to do. And now you're getting more engagement in your LinkedIn posts and same thing with other social media as well. Uh, but we do know like if Facebook, if you put in links outside of Facebook, um, they want you to stay within Facebook, right? So, so LinkedIn's a little more generous when you have links outside of your, uh, outside of your LinkedIn, because they understand business is what you need to do to drive traffic to your website. And so that's one strategy that you could use um, to help engagement, get more followers or connections on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is definitely a place for us to go to get new business, to hire people, to look at information about, you know, a company because company brands are on LinkedIn now as well, or even more, I should say. Uh, there's videos that you can watch and post on LinkedIn. Um, depending on if you can be approved as a live uh, creator, you can do longer than 10 minutes. Uh, and then, of course, on the mobile app on LinkedIn, you can post stories that are showing for 24 hours and then they disappear. So lots of things that you can do to help drive traffic to your LinkedIn and then from your LinkedIn, drive traffic to your website, and that will help you uh, continue to build your brand and your bottom line. Before we get to Brandon's podcast, I need to share with you a little bit more of our information, and then we'll get to that podcast. Everyone is getting services delivered these days. Uh, this is what I have found to be an amazing service that we use. It's called Misfit Market. 
and misfit market, what that is, you're getting produce that otherwise wouldn't make it to the grocery store because it's, I don't know, it's a misfit. It looks funny. It's, you know, it's all good for you. It is, you know, all of those things that it's still, you know, within the season and still, you know, going to be good for you to eat and ingest in your body. Uh, organic, right? Uh, a lot of times it's, or, you know, organic, but it's um, basically you get a discount on all the organic produce and pantry staples and a whole lot more at misfits market and uh would love for you to join us you can go to peppershock.com slash offers and then you can get ten dollars off your first order uh through utilizing my link there so peppershock.com slash offers and then click on the misfit market link and get ten dollars off your first order of your organic produce shipped right to your door i love it all right well without further ado let's listen to brandon Welcome to Pepper Shock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now, here's your host, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Pepper Shock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today we have Brandon Lark. And Brandon, I just want you to share how we met on Clubhouse and what is going on in your world. And then we'll dig into all the good stuff. But I just love to uh, give our audience a, a kind of a reference of where we came from. Well, we met on the amazing app Clubhouse. Um, so if you are not on Clubhouse, please join Clubhouse because we want the community to continue to grow. Um, Clubhouse is this drop-in, drop-out app where conversation is happening all day, every day on a wide variety of topics. I'm not 100% sure exactly what topic we were talking about when we met because we've talked about so many now, but yeah. it was probably something around marketing or yeah. social media marketing or something in that nature because I hang out in those rooms quite often. Um, and so we shared conversation and possibly enjoyed what each other said and <laughs> yeah. made a connection off the app. And here we are today. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's definitely something that's continuing to grow and expand and, and Brandon's on it all the time. And he has, I don't know how many followers you have now, but it's a tremendous amount and people just love hearing yeah. it. So it's a nice amount. I, I, I'm happy with the amount. It's not, you know, shabby. It's not the yeah. biggest account by far, but um, I'm a little over 13,000 followers and I'm grateful for each and every person who find me valuable enough to want to follow me around the clubhouse. I love it. Uh, someday I'll be like you. I, you know, I think I have like maybe 1300 by now, or uh, it's probably like more like 1500. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah, you're on the way. You're on the Don't way. You're on the way. But it's not silly about how many followers. It's just about the type of people who follow too. So it's yes, always it, interesting. The connection. The Connections. Connection. So Brandon, tell uh, my audience a little bit about, um, you know, where you're coming from. Just give us your path of your own marketing journey. And, you know, you do branding and, and, you know, so the marketing expedition is all about exploring what it is that we're going in our journeys. So just share a little bit about yourself. Um, well, interesting enough, I started dissecting businesses as a teenager. Um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, and although I wasn't pushed to be an entrepreneur, being around it obviously made me interesting, interested in it. And then I didn't know at the time, friends and family, you know, had to remind me here years later. Um, but as a teenager, I would go into stores 
and I would say out loud, ooh, if they did this, it would be so much better. The experience would be better. I'm sure more people would shop here if they did this. And so I was already doing that. Um, I joined the military coming out of high school where I went to school um, for business. So my background is in business. And then I came out of the military, went into the corporate world. Um, and every, I just thought I was gonna work for somebody for the rest of my life. I thought that was gonna be the path I was gonna be on. You know, I had gotten a really good job and that was gonna be it. And one day me and my boss disagreed about something that was going on. I can't oh. remember. <laughs> yeah. um, and we're both Leos. So anyone who knows Leos, you know, we both think we're always right. Of course, so, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those moments. Yeah. And during the, the, the heated discussion, he says to me, if you want to call the shots, you have to start your own. This is mine. And out of everything that was said that day, that's what I remember wow. wholeheartedly. And so that set the wheels to turning that, you know what? He's right. I do like to call the shots. I do need to start my own. And so I started my first business um, shortly after that. You know, I ended up staying on the job, but ended up leaving, going to another job. And then shortly after that, I started my first business, which kind of morphed into the branding and marketing because I was just giving advice about marketing and branding. And people was like, you're really good at this stuff. Like you should do this. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Maybe I'll try it. <laughs> and so um, that's kind of how it started. And I just started like doing websites for people that I knew. Um, and then it went into door-to-door -door salesmen of websites. Um, you know, we was in 2008. So we were in the rest of the recession. So right. it was going to strip malls and saying, hey, you need a website. You don't have an online presence. Like that's where we're going. Like we've already been there and you need to get with the times. And so that's what started the trajectory of what is now 13 years later, a full on branding agency that does it all. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you went from, uh, took people from brick and mortar to click and mortar, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's well, funny because right before this pandemic now, um, we just have yeah. so much fun in the world. Um, I was taking a lot of my clients um, back to brick and mortar or off back to online. So funny to see where people are in their journey of toggling back and forth of which one they should put more emphasis on. Right, right. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. What branch of the military did you go to? I was um, in the United States Marine Corps for eight years. Thank you for allowing me to serve America. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I did eight years in the Marine Corps. Fantastic. Well, I can absolutely relate to your story about um, not necessarily being a great employee because you wanted to, you know, roll and run the, you know, <laughs> and yeah, I think entrepreneurs make terrible employees. <laughs> well, I think I was a great employee, to be totally honest. I just yeah. had a very strong opinions about things. Um, and because I feel like because I have the entrepreneur spirit, I saw things from a different vantage point of we always do things this way. Um, in that particular situation, that particular boss said, we're still good friends. Um, he came back and afterwards and was like, oh, your idea actually was a good idea. But in that moment, he couldn't see it. And I think that was the thing, because had he seen it in that moment, it would not have pushed me. Because I probably, honestly, um, I was working in HIV and AIDS prevention. So I probably would have stayed there. I was so passionate about helping people with that 
So I probably would have still been doing that type of work in some shape or form. So, you know, it all happens for a reason, but I think to be a great leader, you have to be a great follower. And so I can follow, but I still like to be heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think they call that a healthy conflict. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put that. Yeah, I completely understand and relate to to that too, because I, you know, saw things that I wanted to change or do better or do different. But yeah, just because I've always done it this way, sometimes they'll just be stuck in their ways. And, and just because it's always been done this way doesn't mean it's the right way or the best way or the new way that could be the new way is is, Mm -hmm. is innovation. Um, I find what I find, even when I work with clients that have been around for a while, is the innovative thinking mm-hmm. that hits a wall for a lot of people. Um, because why, met, you know, that age old saying of don't um, fix what isn't broken. Right. And so for them, it's like, no, this has worked. Why would we change it? You know, but for me, it's like, because the only thing constant in the world is change. Like the world is changing. You have to change with the world. So, yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that too. Um, okay. So tell me some examples of things that you've done to help people in their journey when you work with them and, you know, kind of tell me the process of what you went through, how you helped them. Um, what comes to mind immediately when I say, who did you help and how did you do it? Um, well, right now I'm really folk hyper-focused on small business owners um, with the pandemic going on. So many people losing their job and wanting to step into entrepreneurship. And then so many small business owners who are having to shut their door. I put my focus solely there. I won't say solely, but 95% there. Um, And so really I've been helping with foundation, understanding the fundamentals of actually running a business. I think so many people skip over that step. So I really think foundation. I always want to ask people, well, what's your foundation? What did you build this business on? What can you fall back on? That's the core of the business, the heartbeat of the business. Um, So for me, if I can come back and focus there with small business owners, I think I find it a lot easier to get them on the path to generating real revenue in their business. So I find a lot of other marketers, excuse me, marketers and coaches and things in my space that talk about the six and seven figure of business and building that up. And I always tell business owners, you know, yeah, that's great, but have you made five figures consistently in your business yet? And the answer 90% of the time is no. And so if that answer is no, you don't need the program that's talking about how to build a six and seven figure business. You need to take a step back and figure out the core essence of your business. So that's the first thing that comes to mind immediately for me. Mm-hmm. And what are you, um, when you help these businesses get up and running, kind of what, what tools or resources or, uh, you know, things are you using to help them through this process? Um, well, I built out a pro custom program um, that I, because, you know, after you've done so many, you start to see that a lot of the issues are the same. Um, and so, What I do when we're working with them from the marketing angle is a lot of implementation, Um, automating some things in their business, some of the mundane tasks that people get sucked into doing because they're told they're supposed to do them. And so they spend seven hours a day doing those same tasks every single day and they hit burnout. Whereas a more seasoned business owner knows, let me batch do this so I can be done with this. Let me set this up on automation 
and then I don't have to touch it for the next three months or six months. And I can focus on some other things and really look at growing my business. So we really focus in on that. And then if you're in any of my coaching programs, we start with your mindset just to see and clarity, mindset and clarity. And I don't consider myself a mindset and clarity coach, but I definitely can help you with understanding some of those mental blocks that you're having. And from there, we start to think about strategy. Um, I'm really big on strategy and the game plan. Like, can we see the next four or five steps ahead of us so that if anything goes wrong along the way, we're not shell-shocked. We're able to say, oh, I anticipated if that happened, this is what I would do. And that's what comes with great vision and strategy. You can see more possibilities of what could possibly happen. If I do A and D happen, how do I get back to B and C so that I can manage D better? Because that's kind of what happens in business sometimes. And I think if you plan it in your head and on paper, at least when things start to come at you a little warp speed, you can get your bearing a lot faster because I feel that that's what jolts people. And they're like, this wasn't what I was expecting. And now I don't know what to do. Absolutely. No, I love that. And having that plan in place for, you know, the ifs, this and that, and how it goes and a decision, you know, to make and being able to make it easier because you've got information. That's, that's great. Um, okay. So what are some marketing tactics that you take to promote your own business? Ah, um, <laughs> Okay, so the biggest thing that I take to, um, oh, I shouldn't say this out loud, to take to market my business outside of referrals, outside of referrals, because I'm really big on cultivating great relationships, and that's why I'm loving Clubhouse, I'll plug them again. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really big on referrals, but I like to go to who I think my competitors are, and I like to see what their customers are saying are issues for them that they are not addressing. Hmm. That's, that's so what I find is if my competitor isn't answering a customer's pain point and I'm able to pull a solution together for them, it's easier for me to close that client. Um, and it's what I tell a lot of my small business owners to do, it can be time consuming going through just all the comments and sifting through for the pain point that's happening on a large scale for a lot of people, but the value you get in that and then you niche in into that market and you can build a loyal customer base in that market that you've solved their problem that the company they loved did not solve. So they're willing to go to war for you now. And as long as you continue to listen to them along your journey of growth um, and don't get like the big company that you just cherry pick these clients off of now, as long as you keep focused in on listening to the customer and trying to solve as many of their problems as possible while keeping true to your business model, then they'll go, they'll go the distance with you and you'll build that customer loyalty that us as marketers always talk about. Um, and so that's the number one tactic outside of just great networking skills that I implement with me and my team. We sift through tons of stuff on the internet, looking at what the pain points of people are. Oh, I like that a lot. If you can provide solutions, then they're going to love that for, from you too as well. Exactly. 
Uh, okay, so what are some things that uh, you might want to share with our listeners about what you see as kind of the, the next trends or the things that are coming up that we need to pay attention to? You know, obviously Clubhouse is one of them, but what are some other trends that you're starting to see, you know, as we kind of shift into maybe this post-pandemic era, if you will, you know, knock on wood that it all, you know, we'll, we'll be that way. Yes, <laughs> that we get an actual post-era and it doesn't become our norm. Um you know, I think um, I lean still into video content. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, um, I lean into video content. I think video is something that enough people are not doing. So it's still serving business owners, small or large, very well right now. Um, I think um, automation, um, automation with personalization. Ah, um, I think that is, um, I've been seeing a lot of automated situations that seem very personal. Um, and I didn't think it was going to be possible, but to see some of the stuff that is coming out, I'm like, Ooh, okay. That still gives that personal touch. Um, so I think that's going to be something really huge, um, coming out, um, or that we should be looking at. And then I look to other countries um, for what's going on um, in other countries because I have to say, I think the US sometimes is behind the power curve on a few things. And so I lean into some of our other um, countries for what they're doing and what they're on the cusp of. And I try to integrate that as quick as possible into my strategy. No, that's a great idea too, to get inspiration from other areas and, and work with them to understand what it is that's working for them. Excellent. Yes. And I love what you said about video content. We, we have a uh, video production in what we're doing in our agency. And so that makes me, that makes me smile because we have a couple of video producers on staff and, you know, it's true. And now like it's changed because now anybody can create a video uh, but it also, you know, the strategy behind it, the planning, the, the copywriting, the, you know, the scripting and how you're going to put it out there and where you're going to put it out there and the size that you're going to put it out there. All of those things are, you know, continuing to, to evolve, but there's still value in, in professional production, don't you think? I, I, I 100% think that, you know, this is what I tell small business owners. Just do a video and put it out as your audience responds, because every video is not a hit. So you don't want to waste your budget going with high production value. But the videos that actually perform for you, don't think, oh, well, I put it out already. It's already had its life. Those are the videos you're supposed to go back and get professionally done. Those (laughs) Those are the ones that will become your evergreen content that your audience that you already have will come back and enjoy. But that is going to be what will introduce new audiences to you, and they'll understand the level of professionalism your business brings to the table. So I, I definitely, I think small business owners should just throw out as many videos as they can. And when they have these videos that become gems for their business, they should definitely take a step back and say, okay, I need to get with the production company, build this concept out and really flush it out and make it look the way I want my business to be seen five years from now. 
I love that a lot. Yeah. And that's definitely a, a trend to be able to take a look at what kinds of information your audience wants and then disseminating that and making that then to, yeah, like you said, the, the professional video that then could be, um, you know, something you invest in. I always tell people you're investing in this. Yes. <laughs> it's an yeah. investment. And, you know, that that's another thing. Business owners, we have to, because so many entrepreneurs come from just being regular people in their life and they haven't learned business traditionally. So we're used to making purchases. We're used to spending money. But when you have a business, you're not just spending money, you're investing in the betterment of your business. And over time, these investments are going to yield results to bring in more revenue. So you have to understand you're making investments. It's a long game. It's just like the stock market. You don't put money into the stock market and tomorrow you're a multimillionaire. It takes time. So you're investing into something. Right. Too bad I didn't uh, keep those Bitcoin, uh, you know, early on. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> You're over there with so many other people who are like, oh, if I only would have stayed. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, people that have, you know, motivated and inspired you uh, or maybe, you know, people that you listen to or podcasts or just resources that you tap into that help you in your journey. Oh my gosh, anybody and everybody. I'm a sponge. Um, I I have this weird, but not so weird to me, um, mindset about learning. First, I think I know everything. I'll be talking. <laughs> but I think people and resources come to help me unlock what's already within me. It shows me how to access it. Can't remember what the percentage is, but there's a study that says we only use a certain percent of our brain. Mm -hmm. And so with that, this is how my brain works. If I'm only using, let's say, 10% of my brain, there's 90% of information still in my brain. So I feel I already know most things and I just need people to come and help me unlock it. So every person that I encounter, I'm inspired by and I'm learning from. So there's no one that other than my parents, because honestly, my parents are dope. Um, so uh -huh. other than my parents that I'm like, oh my gosh, you inspire me. You know, I think I can draw inspiration from everyone. And the thing about drawing inspiration, it doesn't always have to be a positive inspiration. I can draw what I don't want to be from people. And I, that has inspired me to be better because I don't want to go down that route. Um, so I'm always looking for every interaction why was this person put in front of me or me put in front of them? What am I supposed to get out of this situation? So I'm, a, I'm an absorbent sponge that's always trying to learn and be inspired from all situations. I love that. And so who are some of the people that you work with that have helped you grow your business along the way that, you know, are part of your team or, you know, maybe um, just describe a little bit about your team and what it is that you do for people and how you work together have an amazing team that props me up and make me look good. Oh my God. I have a staff of about 23 people. I'm not about, it is 23 people um, who really go the distance. Um, and I've been fortunate to bring people on at the right time um, where they get invested in my vision for what I have going on. Um, and this is what I tell my clients when they talk about wanting to bring on staff. It's really easy to hire an employee. 
want to bring on evangelizers of your business, people who understand the vision and who can help elevate the vision. And so I, I tell this all the time, I'm just the face. My team does 90% of the heavy lifting. They are the ones in the trenches and I am forever grateful to them. Um, in 13 years, I've only had one person leave me. They went on to start their own um, and I champion for them and we still do collabos together and stuff. And so I, my retention rate is awesome. And I'm glad that I fostered that type of community and family amongst my team that we can collaborate together and we can do other things together. And they, they just, they, they keep me humbly inspired every day to see them go to bat for my clients, our clients, the way I would, the way I do, best me. Um, so I tell my clients all the time, we can't want this as more than you, but we want this for you. And we do, we all want it for you. Any client that we bring on, we are all, all the way in. Like my, my web developer will, will text me at one in the morning and I'm like, what are you? doing like I'm trying to sleep why are you not asleep and he's like yeah so you know I was thinking about that project maybe we should and I'm like how is your brain still over there like oh the bed sir but that is what the culture is and that's what I give to my clients so it's only fair to understand that that's what the team is unless you're on clubhouse then they're not really truly waking you up right <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm already on Clubhouse, and I mean, they, and it's so funny because they're loving it because I'm always on Clubhouse, so they're like, you're always accessible now. You're like staying up later. Like normally, <laughs> even if I was up, I would just be like, hey, I'm not taking any more calls tonight, you know, so I'm going to have my me time mm -hmm. with Clubhouse, like, and it's so funny because one of my team members, um, she's active on Clubhouse also. And so she gets on Clubhouse and she's like, oh yeah, I'll just pop in to see where you are. And if, if you're up, then I know that I can talk to you. And I'm like, no, I'm not up. I'm just listening. <laughs> yeah, just listening. That's all. That's all. <laughs> just listening from the stage, unmiked, talking. <laughs> I'm just listening. Yep, yep. I think uh, Clubhouse is starting to replace a little bit of what people were doing during the pandemic where they were running marathons on Netflix or Hulu. <laughs> I haven't watched a TV show in so long. Like that was normally my downtime when I would stop working, I would be able to watch some TV and just what I call mindless, but it's really not mindless because I like the commercials for marketing and all of that stuff. <laughs> um, I'm probably one of the only people who still like commercials. Um, so I- Commercials, watch, that's my thing. I like to critique them. I'm like, oh, I would have done that or, oh, that's cool. Or, oh yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm all about it. And I think most marketers are. I think oh, yeah. most people in marketers were all about commercials. And so um, since Clubhouse, I don't like find myself like, and it's so funny because I'm like, oh, the new season of so-and-so's out. Oh, so-and-so's back <laughs> off hiatus. And I hear that they're off or I see the commercial, but I'm still not drawn in enough to be like, I need to watch that. Right. So Clubhouse is definitely replaced. Did you get caught up in the uh, Tiger King drama, you know? <laughs> no, I have, still haven't seen it. And it's so funny because my friends make jokes in reference. And I'm like, huh? And they're like, Tiger King. And I was like, oh, I didn't watch it. And they're like, what? what? You didn't know? And I was like, yeah, no. no I, <laughs> sorry, I'm not the cool guy. Like, I, got, I watch my little shows that I know. 
And like, I have one friend who watches shows on Netflix. And when we hang out, they're always like, oh, I have a new show for us to watch. They introduce me to new shows because I stick to the ones I, I, I'm used to. Right. So what is your, what are the ones that you, you would, would watch if you, you know, took the time to do it? So um, I always say this, The Blacklist is one of my faves. Um, yeah. I love This Is Us. Um, I love Queen Sugar. Um, I, I love a little bit, a little bit of reality TV. Okay, nice. Um, just a little bit. I can't, I can't take a lot of the reality TV, but I do, will not lie and say I don't indulge. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely love those. Um, and you know, um, the show that I can binge watch a lot, um, Shark Tank and The Prophet. Nice. Yeah. Um, which those are business shows. Mm -hmm. But for me, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is such good TV still. Right. So I like, it's kind I like, of reality in a way. I mean, yeah. yeah it's it's, it's a know. little reality. Yeah. It's family programming. It's business. I feel like it marries everything kind of together really well. Where you get like, especially when you get like the kid entrepreneurs. And then you get your emotional piece of, oh, wow, that's so cool. Or someone like, because, you know, we look and we're listening from a business perspective. And so some of the ones that we're like, ooh, that's not a good deal. I wouldn't do that deal. And they get the deal. And you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, so you get to go on the emotional roller coaster of, oh, that's so cool. You got a deal. And then come back and watch the business afterwards to see what they're able to do with some of the businesses. It's really amazing. So one of the things that you uh, wanted to talk about is applying disruptive strategies in your industry. What do you mean by that? Okay, so when I say being disruptive, it's kind of how we were talking earlier of just because you've always done it this way doesn't mean it's the way to go. So really you have to push against the norm in industries. I think that's the, the thing. So look at Clubhouse and I'll use them as an example they pushed against the norm of a carefully curated feed. Instagram was a juggernaut, you know, owned by Facebook, the juggernaut. And here comes Clubhouse where everyone is, I need an invite. I want to be a part of this. How do I become a part of this? You got one picture, you get a chance to tell your story, but to be totally honest, most people aren't reading your bio. They're listening for you to talk. They're able to connect with you. They're able to hear your emotion and it's not pre-recorded. So you think about companies who have crisis management on standby and you think about all of these brands and people, personal brands that are having conversation on the go and anything could come out of their mouth. That's disruption. You know, so when, when you have a business, no matter what you're doing, and a lot of people get caught up on, there's so many other people, how do I become disruptive? I own several consumer goods brands, one of which is a men's underwear company. And the way we got noticed by a lot of people in our industry is we would not Photoshop the male genitalia down, be in certain publications. We had a lot of publications early on that wanted to feature us. And it was like, we can't post this kind of content. We can't feature this type of content. And we were saying to them, what do you mean? This is the male body. This is how it looks in underwear. You know, 
we were a small, we are still a small brand. So we didn't get the publicity that some of these other brands got, mm -hmm. but we were talking about body inclusivity before it became the trend. Right. The thing that, yeah. mm -hmm. so we were pushing that we were showing male men because men still aren't even getting it as much as women are. And people don't really talk about it as much for men. Body imaging is a thing for men, right. you know? So we were showing them that it was okay to be in your skin. And our thing was we make underwear for everybody and every body. Mm -hmm. And so that was our thing. That was disruptive, you know, that made us become noticed where people were latching onto our brand, becoming loyal. And then we would have some of these big brands, you know, that we know in the industry and they're like, where did you all come from? You came out of nowhere. Like what happened? And it was because we dared to be different. Good. No, I like that a lot. And sometimes that's how you become bigger because you are, you know, very different than the norm, which I love. Yes. Great. So well, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the other brands and things that you represent or, um, you know, things that you've done that you shouldn't want to care to share. Uh, you know, some things that you've like, are there specific industries or niches in small business world that you you target or that you work um, with? Yeah, so I've, I've done personal branding and I can do that. But mm -hmm. my what I call my safe space mm -hmm. is consumer goods. If you okay. sell a physical product, I am mm -hmm. your guy. I like the psychology of why people purchase and purchase because they need versus purchase because they want. Mm -hmm. I understand it. I love it. That's my wheelhouse. Now, when we're talking about in personal brands, I will work with some of those just to make sure my, my iron is staying sharp. But the majority of the clients that I'm looking for are company brands that sell a product. I'm looking for innovative products, something that's new on the market, something that changed something that we always had, you know? So for us with my company, it was underwear, but we pushed the envelope and we're doing bamboo underwear and then we're not just doing it in the black and whites like every other brand we dare to figure out how to dye it and make it a beautiful color and bright and vibrant and stylish because for men we would either get super comfortable and ugly or we would get look nice but not so comfortable not comfortable so finding that balance you know so in consumer goods brands if you sell a physical product um, I'm the guy in marketing, I think, um, I, you know, I hold myself to a standard, but I own a consumer good brand. I own multiple consumer goods brands. So for me, I'm just talk theory. This is stuff that I'm doing in my real businesses that generate revenue for us. So I'm setting myself apart because I'm actually living and breathing this just like every other entrepreneur that we work with. Right. So I'm curious um, because uh, as an agency owner, this recently came up where somebody has a product idea, they've started it, but they need a marketing partner, but they don't obviously have the, the funding to do it. So I'm like, okay, let's get creative. You know, do we do sweat equity? Do we do like, okay, I won't charge you as much up front. And then you'll, um, you know, pay us later based on performance. If things sell, then, you know, we get a percentage of performance. It sounds like this might be something that you've done before. What would you care to share? If somebody has a product idea, how, and they don't have the upfront capital right away. Uh, how do you go about it? What do you do? That, that is something I have done before. Um, each situation is different. Um, all the, all the suggestions you just gave are viable. You have to find what's going to be best and sit best with you. 
Right. Um, because you're going to carry a lot of the burden. Right. Um, right. And you know that as a marketer, you're carrying a lot of the burden. Mm -hmm. So whatever makes you feel comfortable with that, that's what you do. All of the options you gave are suitable. Um, and I have done an array of those in different situations. Mm -hmm. um, but you just have to find whatever is best for you because you definitely give a lot of time. Um, and so when you're giving of your time, you have to put a value on your time that is going to make you feel good so that you don't resent the person down the line mm -hmm. um, because that's, that could happen easily. So that would be the suggestion yeah. um, without directly telling you what to do. Yeah. I think the suggestions you gave are suitable mm -hmm. um, and they're realistic. Um, and because here's the thing, you know what you're bringing to the table and you know what you're capable of. Right. You know the type of time you're going to put into it to definitely make sure it works. So that that becomes the thing. And any brand um, would be or should be happy to have in-house marketing people with them. Right. So yeah. for the brands yeah. that are listening, yeah. you should be happy to have <laughs> yeah. in-house marketing with you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I know. And that's the interesting thing that, you know, how some of these brands can get started is because they, you know, work out some sort of, you know, equity position in their company. Right. And, and then kind of work out what the details are. And, um, you know, and I was just saying like, it's not necessarily about how much profit we make. That's a, a marker for us because you want to reinvest the profit back into the company. So that's not necessarily the thing that we want to weigh to say, yes, the performance has worked. Yes. You know, we're, we're doing a good job getting the marketing and getting it all going and everything. Have you done something like that before where you've had an equity position and then like they paid you later kind of thing or like a performance bonus, or I don't know, that's, that's kind of the question I'm trying to struggle with right now. Yeah, but, yes, yeah. I, I, I've done, I've done things like that before I've done rev shares um I've, I've done performance based um i think it just depends on where you are as a marketer mm -hmm. and what you're willing to take on um so um and the product owner or person in, that you know creates in in the person product. exactly right. in in the person because you're essentially going into a, a working business relationship right. um and so you have to be comfortable really like it's like a marriage. You have to be <laughs> able to deal. Um, and I think that's the big thing. That's, that's above it all. Like, right. do you really think you can go the distance with this person? Um, and if you think you can go the distance, because you can't go the distance with everyone. Well, not right now. I think we're just dating if you're, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so when you take on that, it's no, we're getting serious and we're committed to each other and we're going to see this out. And we're going to grow together and we're going to learn together and we're going to fall back in love with each other after we have the big fallout because <laughs> we're wanting the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's all things to consider as we, you know, whiteboard this out of what it's going to look like and how it could all come together for sure. No, I love that. Thank you for sharing. You're <laughs> welcome. I like to draw on other people's experiences too. I mean, and, and people say to me, Ray, why do you interview other people who, uh, you know, are agency owners who do what you do? And I'm like, no, 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 
you don't understand. There's enough business out there in this world. We can draw on each other. And like you said earlier, you know, you, you get information and you give information. And I love connecting with other owners and agency owners because they have capabilities that I may not, or maybe we have capabilities that they don't. And I love the collaboration and partnering. And, you know, we're, we're partnering with a, a PR company out of Boston, right? And we're in Idaho. And, and so there's really, it's the global perspective, right? And especially now with Clubhouse and everything. So, uh, yeah, I, I love it. I, I don't even understand how people get, I'm great. You're great. We can be great together. Right. Yeah. Like, I, 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 that, that, I think that mindset stops so many people from reaching their full potential. Um, I love other agency owners. I love <laughs> Yeah, because iron sharpens iron. What's that? Yeah, iron sharpens iron. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a sandbox for all of us. We don't have to draw a line in the sand, right? We can share toys. We can share ideas and, you know, make a beautiful sandcastle together, right? <laughs> and, and here's the other thing. You may have a client that may be just right to partner with one of my clients and cross-pollinate audiences. And because we have a great relationship, now these two small companies are able to come together and become a force in the spaces that they're in because they cross-pollinated customer bases, all because two agency owners mm -hmm. have a good relationship. Right. And, yeah. and I think that's the beauty of Clubhouse. You, sit, you can see on Clubhouse, mm -hmm. you can have a stage with 10 moderators, all who do the same thing. Mm -hmm. All given different perspectives and all co-collaborating. And oh, let me add on to that. I like what you just said right there. Let, let me add something here. And oh my gosh, that was a good idea. I never thought of that. That is what you get. Is you're literally masterminding the thing that so many people are spending tens of thousands of hundreds of dollars to do. Yeah. You have the opportunity to, to get a good cluster of other people in your industry who knows the challenges you're going up against. Mm -hmm. How long have you been in business? Uh, it'll be 18 years this year. Okay, 18 years. I don't know what year 17 looks like. 13 years in, I'm sure I can lean on you to say, I'm at year 13. I'm feeling like I'm ready to hang it up and do something else. How do you keep going? That's what I could, you know what I'm saying? There's so much you can teach me five whole more years of having an agency. So that means you had an agency before or the recession, during the recession, after the recession. I birthed mine coming out of a recession. I don't know what times were like before 2000. Or before learned. social media even, right? Even before media. social, yes. <laughs> like those are the things that you're supposed, like for me, I lean into from other agency owners, you know? Mm -hmm. And then let's just be honest, I'm almost 40. Like there's some 20 year old who literally is starting a company who has the voice of the people in their ear who's teaching me still. Oh, yeah. So how how would I how would I even fathom being here to say, oh, they're my competition. I'm never gonna talk to them. Now I'm keenly aware we're competition, you know, because we're all in the same space, but we're not in competition so much that we don't need to co-collaborate and share ideas. You know, it's it's a healthy competition. It's not one of these right. on your heart and Nancy Kerrigan competitions. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, taking the pipe and you know whacking your knee. No way. <laughs> none of that. None of that.
Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love that uh, idea of just being able to co-collaborate and, you know, it's co-opetition, right? It's cooperative. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, okay. Well, two more questions and we'll, we'll kind of wrap this around and then give an opportunity for people to, to be able to reach out to you. Um, okay. So uh, what do you see yourself being, uh, what's success to you in the next five years? Like what does success look like for you? I love this question. I ask this question to clients. Um, my answer will always be the same. Success for me is being happy. Oh. Being happy. I'm successful now. I'm happy. Um, that 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 as long as I can stay in a state of happiness and humbleness, I'm going to be successful. That is what success looks like. I love it. Okay, one more question. What piece of advice would you give to somebody that's looking to get into our career that you wish you would have known before you got into this space or into your own business, I should say, maybe? Um, piece of advice for someone looking to get into marketing. Never stop learning. If it gets easy, you don't, you're not reading the right information. You're not reading the right books. Right. It, it's not easy. So if it, if it ever gets too easy where you feel like you're on top of the world, go out and find new resources to dive into because you're not seeing every angle of the game anymore. You've, you've gotten tunnel vision. Um, so I think that that would be the advice I wish someone would have told me. Um, I feel I would, I would be so farther along. I feel like there was a point in my business that I became stagnant because I thought I had reached the mountaintop only to find out that that was just a hill and I wasn't even climbing the mountain yet. And so that would be what I would say. I love it. I love it. So those of you who are listening, who are thinking about getting into marketing, or maybe you just started and then you can, you know, continue to the climb, the, the journey in your path. I love that. Um, okay. So uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of you or work with you or get on clubhouse with you, uh, give, give, give everyone your uh, information there. All right, so website is branding by Brandon. That's B-R-A-N-D-I-N-G B-Y-B-R-A-N-D-E-N. I was gonna say, make sure you say, yeah, point the E out. That's why I wanted you to say e, it. <laughs> e, not an O, is Brandon. Mm -hmm. On social media is branding by Brandon. And then on Clubhouse, you can search me by my name, Brandon Park, or Marketing 101. And you can reach out to me via direct message um, or the contact us form on our website. The company phone number is there if you're an old school person that still likes to talk on the phone because I enjoy talking on the phone. So you can definitely call the line as well. Absolutely. And on Clubhouse, you said that it's Marketing 101 is your club. Is that right? The Marketing 101 is my Clubhouse at hand. Yeah, very good. Okay. Which is great, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, let's just go ahead and wrap this up. And uh, quick thing to Brandon, uh, we always do our club uh, with the Marketing Expedition Club that we created. Uh, I've been doing them Wednesday afternoons, uh, Mountain Time, 3, 3.30, 3.45 Mountain Time. So you're always welcome to do that. And for anybody listening, of course. Um, so join us there as well. Uh, so until next time, though, uh, we want you to, of course, always give us reviews brandon and reviews are they important yes they are <laughs> highly important please tell us so that we can be better yeah feedback is a gift right yes it is <laughs> a gift that keeps giving 
Absolutely. And uh, for those of you listening, uh, continue to subscribe and share and review. We love it and uh, enjoy the journey and we'll see you then. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Ray. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at peppershock.com. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.